The holidays are on at Old Navy, where all jeans, all pants, all sweaters, and all outerwear are on sale up to 50% off now. Jeans start at just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. All the looks you love, even this season's must-have plaid styles, are on sale. Plus, get fashion in a flash. Buy online, pick up in-store for free today in just two hours. Hurry in for up to 50% off all jeans, pants, sweaters, and outerwear at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 11.4 to 11.13 excludes in-store clearance. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh, that's right. Monday morning, I'm back from El Miami. Where I didn't speak a lick of Espanol. I'll tell you those stories as the uh, show unfolds today. Man, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about AmpFest. I'm going to talk about what happened at Trump Doral. We're going to talk about young people. You know, I, 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 I said this on my social media on, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I want to discuss this because I've got a, I've got a story in the stack here. Young people are quitting their job in droves. We're going to talk about California. Gosh, dog, that, the governor out there, Governor Newsom, has went absolutely nutball crazy. Uh, we're going to get into Tulsi Gabbard. We've got a Democrat debate tomorrow, and the FISA report drops on Friday. It's going to be a great week. Welcome in the Matlock Show. I'm Matlock, your host. Thank you for being along for the ride, and I hope. I sincerely hope you enjoyed the return of Beer for Brunch on Friday. Party foul, Steve, my partner in crime. That is going to happen every Friday from here on out. We have brought that back. I hope you saw the art that one Scotty Roberts. Oh, my gosh. Scotty Roberts is amazing. Um, I, I told him, you know, I, I'm going to tell you right now. If you're looking for any kind of design, illustration, drawings, you, logos, you name it, scottallenroberts.com. And that's A-L-A-N, Scott, A-L-A-N, Roberts.com. He's your man. He drew the caricatures of me and Steve to perfection. I mean, I told him what I wanted. I literally said, you know what, Scotty? I am not creative. I have not a creative artistic bone in my body. I speak for a living. I'm good at that. God bless me with a great big fat mouth and an even bigger opinion. I need your help. And I told him exactly what I wanted. And I mean, he literally drew that thing almost the way I saw it in my head. So check it out. Beer for brunch on Fridays is back. We'll we'll once again we're we're gonna we're gonna drink beer. We're gonna talk about local breweries. We're gonna talk about guys stuff. It's gonna be fantastic every Friday. You're gonna want to tune in. Make sure you tell all your friends and family um, that we're there. But I have to tell you, you guys have been so fantastic. The numbers are through the roof. I, I mean, I am so blessed and so humble and so thankful for your patronage. I mean, seriously, you guys are fantastic. You're telling people, I want you to do me a great big favor. I want you to head over to the matlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, the matlockshow.com, and sign up for the monthly newsletter because you're going to get things that uh, the regular listeners aren't going to get, okay? And while you're over at the matlockshow.com, I want you to click on that Ver Forever link because you need some CBD oil. In your life, anxiety, headache, migraines, aches and pains, inflammation, you name it, CBD oil is going to work for you. And I've got it. 
I've got it. You've got to click on that link on my website and use Verve, V-E-R-V-E, 25, or Verve 50. If you're a first-time customer, you'll say 25 or 50% off. Well, the 50% off is for your initial purchase. So do that today, verveforever.com. There's a lot of there's a lot more great things coming. It's a great company. They're growing, but they're they're growing by leaps and bounds. They're out of Boulder, Colorado, but they do great CBD oil. It, it, the THC levels are are where they they won't show up on a drug test. We're coming out with the cream, which the cream it works fantastic. You rub that on your sore knee, your back, your elbow. Works great. We're giving our dog CBD oil. I told you that in the last podcast. It works fantastic. Head over to the matlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Sign up for the newsletter. Check it out. You can see all of where I'm at on social media. I'm at Real Matlock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. I'm at The Cartel Matt on Facebook. And, of course, my live television show, Lock and Load, with America's Voice, Monday through Friday from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you're finding all that. But get over to Verve Forever. Get to, get to that link, Verve Forever at thematlockshow.com. Do it now. All right. Lots to talk about. But I want to start the program with this. And I know it's a little, there's so, so it's Monday. And I'm still trying to get my bearings. I was at AmpFest. Let me tell you about AmpFest. You know, I, I'm amazed. It, 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 first blush. A lot of big name people there. Trump Jr., Charlie Kirk. Corey Lewandowski, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I got to interview Roger Stone. I, all And by the way, all of these interviews are going to be up over on americasvoicenews.com. Or you can go get that app. It's on the iOS or the Android platform, America's Voice News. But they're going to load all those interviews up from AmpFest probably sometime today or tomorrow. And you'll find it on my page. You'll find it up on America's Voice. But I got to talk to Roger Stone. Now you know about Roger Stone, the FBI, you know, came in and, you know, guns a blazing and arrested him in the early hours of the morning, gave him all this crazy treatment, said he's, you know, crazy, he's Manafort, he's he's got connections, he's colluding with the president, all that good garbage, right? Well, I couldn't talk about that because he's under an NDA and a non-disclosure. He can't speak. He's under a gag order. But how often do you get to interview Roger Stone? And the guy was in the the Nixon administration. The Reagan administration has been around for a while. We had a really great discussion. So you're going to want to check that out. But, but, but I want to tell you, not only were there big name people there, like Ryan Fournier, I got to interview him. Uh, Zach Voorhees, the, the the second Google whistleblower. I mean, that is crazy, by the way. It, it's just unreal what is going on with Google. I mean, I was having a conversation with this guy off on the side, and I'm like, oh, my God, I need to turn my phone off. I need to turn everything off because they're listening. They're all listening. We're being spied on continuously. This is something that, you know, it's crazy. We're giving our rights away, and we got these big companies doing it. Now, what really scared me was he started talking about China. Now, China has what they call a social social profile, social media profile or a social media credit score, where if you don't say the right things, you can't get on a plane. You can't travel by train. You don't have any credit. The government literally shuts you down. And that's what these Democrats want. This is what the Democrat Party is fighting for today. They want to shut your voice down. They want to shut your voice down. They, they, they don't want you to be heard. They don't, they, they don't want a free and self-responsible society. 
They don't think you're capable of that. They want the power. And that's why they are so vehemently going after the president of the United States with this fake impeachment crap. I saw a story over the weekend. I'm going to touch on a lot of things today because there's just a lot of stuff going on and it's going to take me a couple days to unravel it like it always does on a Monday morning after we come through that weekend. Plus, um, I'll tell you, I got a little jet lag. I had to fly to Miami Thursday and back yesterday, so I'm a little bit lagged. Um, <laughs> I got a busy, busy day today. Because uh, I got to do this show, and then I'm doing my television show, and then I'm filling in on a news, our 95.3 MNC out of South Bend this afternoon. The, the show host there, Casey Hendrickson, is sick. So I got a text early this morning saying, Matlock, are you available? Of course I am. I'm always available to do radio. But, you know, I want to tell you something about AmpFest. I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed, and you saw the pictures, and I put the pictures out there on Instagram and Facebook and, and whatnot, but I am enjoying life. I mean, I'm really enjoying life. I, I, I get to do what I love to do for a living. I mean, how many people get to say that? How many people get to say, you know what? I get up every day and I'm living the American dream. I get to get up every day and I get to talk to people who are much smarter than me, who are much more in the know than me. And I'm here just a little, little minion spreading the conservative gospel everywhere I see fit. It blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind where I'm at today, and I'm loving it. I'm doing the Trump rally Thursday from Dallas. I mean, and now I'm reading stories, by the way, that Antifa is going to show up in Dallas. This could be interesting. And Dallas is pretty blue. It's pretty blue. It's pretty blue. They're going to be at the American Airlines Arena. That's where uh, the Mavericks play. Um, I think that's where the Dallas Stars play down there. It's about a 20, I'm going to say 20,000-ish arena that it sits there. I'm looking it up as we talk here, American Airlines Arena. I got to type right. It's early in the morning here. Airlines Center. There we go. Had to pull that up. But it, it's it's right in the middle of downtown Dallas. Um, it seats 20,000 people. And it is where the Stars and the Mavericks play. So 20,000 in the stands. Probably another three or 4,000 on the floor. So you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 23, 24,000 people are going to be in Dallas Thursday. And they will be. They'll, they'll pack that place. The Metroplex here, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, is unbelievable. I mean, it's like 8 million people. And Fort Worth, where I live, is very conservative. Very, very, very conservative. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting. So I'm there. Ben Burkwan, uh, Tudor Dixon's going to join me. And I believe, if I remember correctly, Terrence Williams. Now, if you don't know who Terrence Williams is, you need to go check him out. He's a comedian. Funny, funny guy. But uh, he is going to join us on the ground on Thursday in Dallas. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. So um, I, I want to give a quick shout out. So you, you've been killing the numbers. I mean, you have literally been blowing up the numbers on Spreaker. Thank you so much. Um, it, it's unbelievable. It, it's it's just crazy. So um, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, I'm overwhelmed and humbled by it. I, I'm just amazed by it, by how, I'm, you know, I'm just a guy. I, I'm literally just a guy li living my dream 
just just having a, a fantastic time doing what I do. And to me, sometimes I just got to pinch myself. I literally just have to pinch myself and say, you know, is this really happening? Are all these things going on in my life? I mean, I've got some deals working. I've got some big announcements coming yet again. I mean, this thing is not even close to getting started. But I want to give a shout out. To all of you listening, because Fort Worth coming through in flying colors this week. It's my backyard. Uh, number one, overtook Chicago for the first time in a long time. Chicago's number two, Dallas number three, Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas got into number four. Houston, Texas is in there. Akron, Ohio, Denver, Colorado. We got Portland, Oregon. Kind of crazy. Scottsburg, Indiana, and then to round out the deal, Queen Creek, Arizona. So thank you all of you who listen to the Matlock show, who have blown it up and uh, who have, you know, look, I'm, I'm humble, but let's talk just a little bit about AmpFest and then I'm going to move on because I've already spent enough time, but the atmosphere, the, 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 the people there, you just can't explain it without being there like a buzz, like an electricity, like an, an excitement. So, you know, of course, the media has come out and said, oh, they played a video at a Trump, a pro-Trump rally on Friday, and, and oh, my God, all these conservatives got together, and oh, yes, they did. I mean, I saw the likes of David Harris Jr., uh, who else was down there that I know, a bunch of people, Donald Trump Jr. spoke. While we were there, uh, Straka, the got the walk away guy there. Corey Lewandowski uh, saw my good buddy Jonathan Gillum was there. Dinesh D'Souza, I got to interview. Amazing, I've interviewed him before. He's got another book and movie coming out here in the summer of 2020. I mean, the atmosphere was electric. And, and you know, the left wants to put all this down, but they don't understand. They they, they don't understand what's happening. They don't understand what's going on in this country. I mean, lots of people showed up there. They were expecting. So it, they moved it from Washington, D.C. to Miami, Florida. And it was at the Trump Doral golf course and hotel. Well, my estimates, and, and this literally, it, I, I did not get a count from the fire marshal or what was there. But I was there. I got in Thursday night, came back Sunday morning. I was there for two days, Friday and Saturday. It was live with America's Voice News. Did my show, Lock and Load, from there on Friday. But just guesstimating at the crowd, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 13, 14, 1500 people. Now, mind you, last year, I don't think they drew four or 500 people. So about three times more than they had. And last year, they had a whole bunch of trouble. They had a whole bunch of things going on. It's the second year for American Priorities Conference, which is growing. I got to talk to the president, Alex Phillips. I got to interview him, got to talk about what was going on, what their goal was, what they were doing, and they were just tickled pink. In media there, seven or eight different outlets were there, of course, America's Voice News, but it was just one of those deals where I can't explain to you the feeling of what people, in all the conversations, unsafe spaces is coming out, uh, Prager U. Adam Carolla, I got to speak with John Sullivan, who was the writer of oh of No Safe Spaces. Not I see I, I said that wrong the first time too. Of No Safe Spaces, got to speak to the writer. 
I mean, we're watching we're watching culture shift. We're watching culture shift away from the Democrat Party. It's unbelievable. I just I don't know how to explain it other than that. I was left with the feeling that you know the Democrats just don't understand what's actually happening to them. They're out there and they're living in an echo chamber. They're living within their own people. And I'll tell you, these people that I'm talking to at AmpFest, they, they, they get it. Look, guys, we can't be overconfident. We can't overlook the Democrats. We can't overlook the candidates running. We can't overlook their policies. We can't overlook the mainstream media. We have to fight in, in, in person after person after person after person. Because you hear this trend in, in you know, I've heard this some quite quite a lot. You know, Trump's going to have it easy. Trump's going to do this. Trump's going to do that. It's going to be easy. The left has the mainstream media. They have the backing of all of the news, all of the propaganda, all of that stuff. In in, in the overall theme, and I'm, I'm going to stop here because I, I want to get into the program and I've already spent about 15, 16 minutes. We are in a battle for the soul of the United States and we're ready to go to war. I mean, we, we have good warriors on our side who are ready, willing, and able to take the battle to the left, and I saw it all weekend long at Trump Doral, and it really made me feel good to listen to these people, not just say, look, guys, you know, here's the plan. Here, here's what we can do. Here's what we are doing. Here's what the left's doing. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to combat this. We got to fight that. We got to get in the middle of this. It really just, it, it gave me a new sense of not just hope, but of the fact that, you know, I think we'll be all right. I think we're going to be all right. We just have to get the word out. We have to continue to do what we're doing. we got to continue to fight for the freedoms and the, and the rights and the liberties that we have as Americans. Now, I want to shift gears here. Quick favor, head over to Scars and Stripes Coffee. I'm drinking it. Scarsandstripescoffee.com. Oh, that's good. I need coffee in the morning. Scarsandstripescoffee.com. Um, Veteran platform. What, what it is, is an e-commerce platform. They sell coffee. They sell good coffee. But they employ veterans. So these veterans come in. They get to own their own business. They get to be entrepreneurs. They get a mission after they've been deployed or after they're done serving this country. They get to come back and have a mission. They get to go out and run their own business. They have their own e-commerce platform. And they get paid to do what they love, which is, you know, America which is to have a business, to be self-reliant, to be self-responsible, and it's great coffee. So head over, scarsandstripescoffee.com, S-C-A-R-S, scarsandstripescoffee.com. It's going to get amazing. They are unbelievable people. I love them all. They're great people. I work with Chad over there, the owner. They're just really good people with a really great mission. You've got to go check them out, scarsandstripescoffee.com. Not only for great coffee, merchandise, all kinds of different things. Go check out their website. Tell them the Matlock Show sent you. But you're going to empower a veteran. That's really what's important, isn't it? We're empowering veterans to continue that fight, to continue to feel important, to be part of a group. They're put into these small groups. They get to talk to their groups and interact and do the things. Helps them assimilate back into the culture, back into mainstream America. Because, you know, you go off and you fight and you're trained and you do all this stuff. Sometimes it's hard. And we look at PTSD, we look at suicides and all that stuff. This gives these veterans a mission. Head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. Get your coffee, get your merchandise, do it now. All right. So I, I told you about this article. We're going to start with this today because 
I, I think this is interesting, and I want to hear your opinion. You can find me over at Real Matt Lock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. You can go over to Cartel Matt on Facebook and let me know. But uh, here's the headline. And this, this interests me because I'm going to tell you a story throughout this whole deal. It says young people are quitting their jobs in droves, and here's why. Now, I have to tell you, I want to give you a precursor to all this. I'm a recruiter. By trade. That's what I do for a full-time job. Um, I find people to sell agricultural products in the agricultural field. So I place, you know, companies will call me and say, Matlock, I need an individual to sell chemicals in Des Moines, Iowa. Or Matlock, I need someone to sell seed in Omaha, Nebraska. Or Matlock, I need someone to sell fertilizer. In Madison, Wisconsin. And then I find them people and they pay me, right? So I deal with this on an everyday basis. I, I deal with jobs. I deal with placing people in jobs. I deal with interviewing people. And I'll tell you, I, I, I hate to say this, but uh, I don't run into too many millennials who are qualified for the jobs that I need because more times than not, the qualifications for what I'm looking for is you need five to 10 years experience in the job. And of course, millennials haven't been there five to 10 years. I mean, that's just one of the prerequisites. But here's the article. It says young people are spearheading mental health awareness at the workplace. Mental health awareness? About half of millennials and 75% of the Gen Zers have quit their jobs for mental health reasons. Mental health reasons. I, I want you to think about that for a second. I, 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 it, 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 it's crazy. 50% of millennials, 75% of Gen Zers have quit their jobs for mental health reasons. According to a new study conducted by a Mindshares Partners, SAP, and Quatrix. It was published in the business or in the Harvard Business Review. That's compared to just 20% of respondents overall who said they voluntarily left a job in order to prioritize their mental health. Now, I'm gonna I want to tell you a few stories here. I am who I am in this life because of some great people. And I want to tell you these stories because I think I think they're pertinent to this this information today. I am a driven, self-reliant, self-responsible person because of the people in my life. The first person that I have to give mad, mad props to is my college baseball coach. He rode me like I was his girlfriend. Seriously. Screamed, yelled push, antagonized. I mean, this guy was an absolute pain in my ass, but he molded me like no other man could. And I want you to think about that because you can't do that today. Remember the Bobby Knights of the world? You know, I don't know if you're an Indiana Hoosiers fan or not. I'm not, but Bobby Knight was an amazing coach. And if you were his players, you didn't step one inch out of line. And that was respect. You respected that man. Because he held you to the highest standard. That was my baseball coach in college. Held me to the highest standard that I could be and made me the best baseball player I could be. And you know what? It wasn't, oh, Matlock, you're so good. Hold my hand. Give me a participation trophy and pat me on the bottom. It was, Lock, get your ass up and get going. You need to go faster. Run more. You need to be more committed. 
Do we have a bunch of little lily-livered, wall-flowered crybabies? I mean, I nowadays you can't do that. They fire head coaches now. They fire professors for that. This is what I'm starting to say. I mean, I was pushed. I was motivated. I was, geez, Louise. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, I was put through the ringer, but it made me who I was. I didn't sit there and cry. I didn't sit there and say, oh, God, well, you hurt my feelings. I don't want to go anymore. I said, oh, you you know what? You know what I said? Because I was this guy. All right, you want to yell? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you, and he knew that. My coach knew that. He he was only making me better. He was only making me better. He was making me a better baseball player. He was making me a better man. I mean, it is amazing. It's unbelievable what is going on. Unbelievable what is happening. But yet here we are. And now I had another man in my life because I'm going to tell you, I graduated college. I was a sports writer for about a year. I loved sports. It just did not pay the bills. I mean, you don't get paid very much to be a sports writer. So I met my ex-wife at the time. We decided we were going to get married and then she got pregnant. So all of a sudden, oh boy, you know, life hit me right in the face. Now I'm a sports writer. I'm making $325 a week gross. Yeah. You do that math really quick. That's about $16,000 a year. Time you're paying a car payment, time that we were living in a two-bedroom condominium. My ex-wife did not work and she's pregnant. And I'm like, oh shit, now what? So it was just by chance that our insurance agent sat down with us because we were re- we were redoing some policies. We had some renter's insurance. We had our car insurance. Great guy. And he said, you know, he looks at me and he says, you know, you'd make a great insurance agent. I'm what? He says, yeah, yeah, you would make a great insurance agent. So I said, okay. So I said, I'm willing to give it a try. Is it more money? Because at the time, I, I had never done sales in my life. Here I am, a 23-year-old man, young man, not knowing, oh, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew nothing at the time. I was writing sports. I was good at it. I knew it. It paid very little money. I'm staring down the barrel of thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to raise this child? How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to be the man? I know that's faux pas. I know that's crazy, but that's the thoughts in my head at that time. I'm thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to be a man? How am I going to take care of my wife and my soon-to-be-here child? So I remember talking to that insurance agent, and I went and interviewed at Farm Bureau in Auburn, Indiana. And the second man in my life who, who made a lasting impression was my agency manager, John Vucicevic. Big old dude. Big old Italian dude. But I'll tell you what, he had the biggest heart, and he took me under his wing. I didn't know shit about selling insurance. So Farm Bureau paid for all of my schooling because you got go to gotta go get all your licensing. I went through my licensing, got it. I mean, I'm a great student. I, I, I'm, very, I'm a smart guy. I went through all my training, got my license for property and casualty, for health and life, got all that stuff, got all qualified, and I started working at Farm Bureau. And John Vucicevic took me under his wing and taught me how to sell insurance. And I will never forget it. And he was harder than hell on me. He was harder than hell. I mean, it, there was no easy stuff here. Matt Locke, you got to do this. You got to do that. This stuff. Yeah, you just got your ass kicked. Here's what you do. Then you got to go do it again. And then you got to go do it again. And then you got to go do it again. And when you're just about tired of doing it again, things will start working. And by God, was he not right? Because I'm telling you, I got my ass handed to me for about the first 14 months of sales. 
I was terrible. I was awful. I didn't have any kind of strategy. I was literally relying on my personality. And back then it wasn't that great. I wasn't the, you know, the outgoing, amazing communicator that I am today. Because today I could sell you anything you want. I could sell you anything you wanted to buy today. And I don't care as long as you gave me a little three-minute pitch on what it was. I could sell it to you kind of stuff. But he took me under his wing. And he said, you know what? I believe in you. I believe that you can do this. I believe that it can happen. But you are going to get your ass handed to you. You're going to. You're going to get your ass handed to you more times than not. Because that's what sales is. I mean, sales is just a bunch of no's until you get to the next yes. It's all it is. It's rejection. And I'll tell you, these kids today, they can't handle that. They're so coddled. And a lot of it's our fault. <laughs> and I say to you out there, the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, those type of folks, it's our fault. We, we coddled our kids. I mean, I coddled my kids. My kids never wanted for anything. I worked my ass off. I made sure that ends got met. I made sure that I did all the right things. And now we're looking at this and, you know, these people are leaving their jobs in order to prioritize their mental health. And I, and I told you those two stories because that's life. It, it, these kids have never dealt with that. They've never coped with frustration. They've never coped with um, rejection. They, they've always been told that they're the best. They've always been given a participation trophy, and they've been set on their way. They've never been dealt the harsh reality of what life really is. And I'm telling you, I, I don't say to treat kids terribly. I don't say that you shouldn't be loving, that you shouldn't be there and be supportive and try to do everything you can. But at some point, you have to look at your kids and say, you know what? Life sucks. Sometimes life's hard and you just have to deal with it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am who I am today because of the experiences I had to go through. I went through a divorce. I lived about two years of my life just dirt dead broke. I mean, I was, and I've told you this story so many times. I was literally living on 33 cent boxes of macaroni and cheese. That's what I could afford. I had a one bedroom apartment. I was divorced. I was paying a ton of child support. I didn't have a great job at the time. I sold my car and bought a beater just so I could get out from underneath the payment. I did everything I could to cut all of my expenses as, as, as low as I could to live just to be able to survive. I didn't once go on welfare. I didn't ask anybody for help. And for two years of my life, it sucked. It was terrible. I struggled. I didn't do anything. I didn't date anybody. I didn't have cable TV. Hell, I barely had food to eat. But you know what? I never missed a weekend of seeing my kids. I never missed spending time with them. And I always made sure I had enough money to put food on the table and keep their heads dry and clothes on their backs. Because that was my job. And that was what I had to do as a father. And life sucks. It's not the children's fault. And I'll tell you what happened. I learned real quick, I don't like being poor. And every day, I, I you know, it's so funny. Party file Steve on Friday. Great dude. Great dude. He, he's he's my partner in crime for beer for brunches. Going to be doing that for quite some time. That We got that down and we got big plans for that deal. But party file Steve and I were talking one day and he's like, you're such a hustler. I'm like, I don't know any other way. I don't know any other way than to hustle. I don't know any other way than to work my ass off and get where I'm going. Like today, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do my national television show, and then I'm going to do three hours of terrestrial radio because I don't know any other way. 
That's who I am. That's my makeup. That's what molded me. That's what's going on. We don't have workers anymore. Our kids aren't workers. I started working on a hog farm when I was 12. Why? Because I told my dad, hey, dad, I want a car. I want you to buy me a car. He's like, I'm not buying you a car. Get a job. And then he got me a job cleaning pig pens at the local neighbor's farm for two damn dollars an hour. I have slopped crap. I have corralled pigs. I have I have uh, detasseled corn. I've worked at an amusement park. I worked on a golf course. Hell, I worked for a while as a short order cook. You don't hear these stories anymore from our youngsters. That's the crazy thing. Because they're all, oh, my mental health. I can't take it. My boss yelled at me. I'm not, oh my gosh, I've always been good. And now my boss says I'm bad and I don't know what it, I'm quitting. We're ra- we raised a society of quitters. Now, I got side, I got sidetracked there. Sorry. But that's what life is. And you guys, I, all of you can relate to my story. We've all worked odd and end jobs. Hell, sometimes I've worked two and three jobs at a time to make ends meet. Right now, I own three different businesses. Right damn now, I have three different businesses that I'm running. You know, it, it is what it is. But this says, I want to get back to this article because I haven't even gotten through it yet. God, I've spent so much time. That's compared to just 20% of respondents overall who said they're, they voluntarily left a job in order to prioritize their mental health. Emblematic of a shift in generational awareness. The authors of the report, Kelly Greenwood, Vivek Bapap, and Mike Mogan wrote, for baby boomers, the number was the lowest, of course, because they just did. My parents are baby boomers. They just did. You just worked. You didn't rely on anybody else. Hell, my grandparents were that way. I mean, they went through the Great Depression. They didn't rely on banks. They didn't rely on anybody else. They didn't rely on the damn government. They just worked. And I'm telling you, my grandfather loved the dude to death. He died when I was like six. But my grandfather was a dairy farmer. But he could build a house. He could fix a car. I mean, he could do all of these things that today no one does. I mean, back in those days, you didn't call the plumber. You fixed it. Back in those days, if you had a leaky roof, you put a new one on yourself. I mean, my grandfather could do so many things. It amazed me. It literally amazed me. He was a jack of all trades. And then my dad, kind of the same way. My dad was a mechanic. Anything that had a combustion engine or or, or had any engine, he could make work. It was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. But he also could wire a building. He could run plumbing. I mean, I redid a home in Auburn and did all of the work with me and my dad. I mean, it's crazy what goes on there because that that was the deal. And I picked up a lot of stuff. Now, am I good at all of it? No, I'm not. I, I'm not good at electrician. I'm not good at plumbing, but I know how to do it. My kids couldn't tell you the first thing about how electricity works or how plumbing works. You know, we're losing that deal. So it's no surprise to me that baby boomers were the lowest with less than 10% quitting their job for mental health reasons. And I'm going to tell you why they're tougher. They're just tougher. They're more mentally able. They, they faced hardship. They, they faced adversity. As soon as these millennials and Gen Zers face adversity, they fold a lot of them. So I was sitting in a bar in Miami, Florida this weekend. And uh, as I always do, you saw the pictures of me and Frank on, you know, I chat. I, I, I'm a communicator. I love hearing people's stories. So, hell, I'm sitting at the bar. I'm talking, and next to me is this young man and his father. And, and I overheard him talking that the dad was from Fort Worth. And I'm like, oh, it's amazing because I'm from Fort Worth. Whereabouts, blah, blah, blah. We start, we cracked it. We, you know, we start a conversation. 
So he was down there visiting his son, who had graduated from Old Miss two years before, and they were going to the Miami Dolphins-Washington Redskins game. And, of course, I made fun of them because both those teams suck. And the young man was a Washington Redskins fan. I said, that's probably the one win you're going to get all season. He's like, yeah, we'll be the guys sitting with the bags over our heads in the stands. I'm like, oh, okay. And then yesterday I saw it. I was watching football, and there was a couple guys with bags over their heads, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if those are the guys that I met at the bar. But anyway, this young man can't be 23 years old. We're talking. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, funny you should ask. I do conservative politics. He's like, really? And we started talking, and I'll be damned. This kid's like, you know, I, I'm a conservative. There, you know, My voice gets shut down. You don't hear a lot about what's going on at college campuses, but the Democrat Party wants you to believe that I don't exist. And I'm like, you're right. They do. They want you to believe that every millennial is a Democrat, that they would vote Democrat. That's just not true. And I'm telling you, my good friend Scott Husing has always told me, Matlock, do not generalize. But I'm having this amazing conversation with this young man who's 23 years old. And we're talking about politics. And he's like, I hate it. I hate it. He's like, because we get put into a corner, us millennials. We're, we're, we're told that we want something. He's like, we don't want that. We don't want everything paid for. I, I want to be self-responsible. I went to college. I got my degree. I have a good job. I'm making decent money. I want to take care of myself. I don't want to be on welfare. I don't want the government taking care of me. I will do it. And I looked at his father and I said, damn, you did a good job. <laughs> and he laughed. But, you know, that's where we're at. And, and I'm looking at this and you'd be amazed. The number of times you hear this, you would be amazed the number of people I run into on a weekly basis that tell me that same story. So that's one of another reasons I wanted to talk about this article, because is this being done as propaganda? That, that's my next question. You know, they're telling you that all these young people are quitting their jobs. Are they? Do they have these mental health issues or does the left want to portray to you that all these mental health issues are going on? It's so amazing. Um, it says it should come as no surprise that the younger generations are paving the way for the destigmatization of mental health. A Wall Street Journal article published in March labeled millennials the therapy generation. As today's 20 and 30s, some things are more likely to turn to therapy with fewer reservations than young people in previous areas did. Eras did. Yeah, I would never. I, I, I hated therapy. So the judge. And I'll let you in on a little personal stuff here. Um, I told you about what goes on in my life with my kids, the judge, my children, how the court treated me. But at one point in time, my daughter stopped coming to visit me, and then I was ordered by the court for family counseling. What a joke. Because I get into family counseling, and of course the counselor's like, well, what do you think is wrong? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what's wrong. The court system Fs men. I'll tell. Oh, oh, well, you're angry. No, 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 ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I'm past angry. Angry left two two exits down. I'm past angry. Here I am, a dad who loves his children, who is being torp, who who is being told by a court of law that I don't get to see them. I don't need counseling. I need the judge to follow the law. My kids are are t are well taken care of. They're respected. We do things. We go on vacation. We do activities. I don't need counseling. I, I, I want to just see my children. I'm not crazy. I, I'm not I'm not anything other than a concerned parent who loves his child, who would like to be part of his child's life, but yet you deal with a damn family court that says, you know what, the dad's inferior to the mom. So if you want to sit here and talk about uh, my feelings, I'm more than happy to tell you that I'm pissed off.
because I'm not in the wrong here. I'm just being a dad. Isn't that what I'm supposed to be? I protect my children. I love my children. I want to see my children. Those are all valid points. But yet I've got an ex-wife who's the devil, and I've got children lying to a court, and now you and I are sitting here having a conversation. Hell no, I don't want to be in front of you. I, I think you're crazy. I think you couldn't get a better job. And sorry, I don't mean to uh, be any kind of derogatory toward psychologists. I'm sure you're all good at that, but I hated this woman. I mean, she, you know, they sit there and are like, well, tell me how you feel. Oh, well, well, you have anger issues. I, I do not have anger issues, ma'am. I'm, I'm, would you not be upset? Would you not be upset that the children that you have fostered and loved and spent time with and, 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 and would give your life for? I mean, I, told, I looked at this lady one time. I said, ma'am, I'm going to tell you something here. I'm going to tell you something that, you know, maybe you should know. I would die for my children. I literally would replace my life for theirs and it wouldn't, it, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't take a microsecond to come to that decision. Now, do you think I'm going to hurt them? Do you think I'm going to be, you think I'm going to belittle them? Do you think I'm going to do anything other than love them? You're crazy. And yes, of course I'm angry. I don't get to see my children who I love. I don't get to see it because a court told me I don't get to a family court that says the father, it does not matter that I'm so small and so insignificant and that these kids should be fostered by their mother who is brainwashing them, the person you really should be talking to is their mother. <laughs> so off on a tangent there. But the funny thing is I hate psychiatrists. I do, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. I am perfectly fine. I, 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 can, I can deal with the world. I can deal with rejection. I can deal with loss. I mean, I deal with it my own way. Let's not get carried away here. Am I perfect? No, but I don't need someone to help me with my feelings. But yet we've got a generation. Oh, my feelings got hurt. Oh, you need to tell me why I'm upset. I get upset. I get angry. I get frustrated. I mean, I get all of those things just like everybody else does. It doesn't mean that I need someone to tell me why. I know why. I'll give you the reasons why. I'll tell you exactly why I'm angry. I'll tell you exactly what's going on in my life. I'm not scared to do that, but I don't need you to tell me how I feel because I already know. I already know I'm getting effing screwed. <laughs> that was always my my thing. I, the, 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 the psychiatrist must have hated me. And I looked at her one day and I said, you know, you, you might be a fantastic person. I don't know you personally and don't probably care to. You seem a little stuffy. I, I probably wouldn't go have a beer with you. And I know you, you and I both know the court has ordered this. You can report back to the court whatever you want. They know they're a sham. The court knows they're a sham. I've told them in court before, and I'll tell them again. It's an absolute miscarriage of, judge, of, of justice in the court where they don't even follow the law. And But yet I have to follow the law, and they don't. That's how I feel. Report it back. Write down my feelings. Don't give a shit. There you go. So that probably never got me. My, my lawyer, I swear to you, I've told you my story. My lawyer hates me. I pay him well, mind you. I've paid him a lot of money over the years. But he's always like, Matt Lack, you got to be quiet. I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to be quiet and sit here and listen to my ex-wife in a freaking court tell me what I am not. It's a lie. And then I'm not going to sit there and watch the miscarriage of just, justice and just sit there on my hands and say, oh, it's okay that you're effing me over. It's just okay that you're not following any rule or any kind of guidelines for anything. And then you're just going to, you know, let me just bend over and you can give it to me without Vaseline. I'm not going to stand there and take it. My lawyer hates that. I've, I've said many things to a judge I probably shouldn't say. I've pro I probably should have been in jail more than a couple times, but 
I'm not going to take that because I believe you fight for everything that you want and you love and that you, you cherish. And I cherish my children above all else. I, like I said, I, I told that psychiatrist, whatever the hell she was, I said, look, you know, it, it, it wouldn't even take a millisecond for me to trade my life for theirs. I'm their father. I'm their protector. I'm the man that's supposed to help them, guide them through life, and the court doesn't let me. You have completely taken away my ability to be a father. And I'm going to tell you, how many of these young people have grown up in fatherless homes who, have had, who haven't had the guidance, the discipline, the direction that they needed to develop into good quality, self-responsible kids? I mean, I think that's what we're looking at today. We're we're watching, and I'm going to take this right back to politics. We're watching the Democrat Party rip away the fabric of America, which is families. I was talking, who was I talking to at AmpFest? Had this very conversation. We were talking about the family unit and how nowadays it's just so different. Oh, Marco Gutierrez. We were talking about the Hispanic family which is normally a multi-family unit. You know, you'll have mom and dad, you'll have the kids, you'll have aunts and uncles, grandma and grandpa, all living under the same roof. They're all pretty much devout Catholics, very religious, but that's their family unit. You don't see that as much anymore. The black family, the the African-American family, same thing. We're watching the family unit being torn apart. Why divorce, culture, this bullshit that you see about quitting your jobs and needing mental health crap and all that stuff, but we're watching the very fabric of what makes America what it is being torn completely apart. Now, a 2017 report from the Center for Collegiate Mental Health at Penn State University found that based on data from 147 colleges and universities, the number of students seeking mental health increased at five times the rate of new students starting college from 2011 to 16. And a Blue Cross Blue Shield study published in 18, 2018 revealed that major depression diagnosis surged by 44% among millennials from 2013 to 16. I want you to think about that for a second too, because I think the drug industry has a little bit to do with that. I think the drug industry is part of that. I want to tell you something. I'll take just a really quick break because I'm 45 minutes in. I want to tell you about patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. You got to get over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt and get you some great cell phone service coverage. They're right here in the great state of Texas. They're doing what big wireless does not do. They take a little bit of that money that you pay for fantastic service in a phone, and they give it to conservative causes, causes that you believe in. Now, Verizon, AT&T sucks, T-Mobile, Sprint, they give your money to liberal causes, Planned Parenthood, all the crap you see with open borders, uh, all that stuff, they're giving their money there. You're giving your money every month that you're with those big wireless companies. You're giving, you're, you're giving, those, you're giving money to the stuff you're trying to fight against. Head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt, M-A-T-T. That's my name. You, you can use it there. Tell them I sent you. You're going to get activation fees waived. You're going to get all kinds of stuff. They got great deals running right now. You got to go check it out. Patriotmobile.com dot com forward slash Matt. I want to get back to this now because we're talking about the therapy generation, you know, and I've got another story here. My brother, and I'll tell you a little bit of story here. My brother is, my brother is 12 years younger than I am. 
Uh, I'm the oldest. He's the youngest. He was the oops. Didn't know that was kind of happening thing, right? Uh, my brother had a very troubled youth. And, and I'll tell you, I've said this before. My father was an alcoholic, terrible alcoholic. I lived with that my entire life. I actually spent more time with my best friend's family than I did mine. Very tough upbringing. My, my father was a mean drunk. And my brother didn't handle it real well. He didn't do really well with that. He grew up watching that, and he struggled. But they diagnosed him with ADHD, and and they put him on Ritalin, Adderall, all these drugs, and it screwed with his head. He dropped out of school. He had a hard time getting by, and I feel bad because there was such a, a gap between him and I. I mean, I'm 18. He's six. I'm heading off to college. He's just he just going to, you know, first grade kind of stuff, right? So I feel bad for him, but I remember, and I, I fought with my parents all the time with this. I'm like, get him off those shitty drugs. He, he, he's not ADHD. He's a kid. Let him be a damn kid. He's, he, 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 he's, he's rambunctious. He's inquisitive. He has a hard time paying attention. I did too as a kid. I mean, I was a shit for a kid. I mean, I was a pain in the ass handful for a child. I wasn't ADHD. Wasn't ADD. I was just a kid. And so was my brother. And of course, what do they do? They prescribe you drugs because that's what Big Pharma wants to do. Big Pharma likes selling those drugs. Why do you think all these doctors are sitting around? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He 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 he's got attention deficit syndrome. Um he's he 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 he's he's nervous or he's anxious or or whatever damn term you want to come up with. High anxiety. And then they fill these kids full of drugs, full of crap, full of pharmaceuticals that you know what? Let them go. You know, as a kid, I would jump on my bike, and I remember this. You know, I'm 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 nine. 10 years old, I would jump on my bike and I would ride down to the churchyard, which was probably half mile away. And I would meet up with eight, 10, 12 other boys of the neighborhood. And we'd play a pickup football game or we'd play some basketball in the church courtyard, you know, or we would do that stuff. And boy, I would burn a ton of energy. I'd be down there all damn day. I mean, literally I would be down there seven, eight, nine, 10 hours at a time. Just running, playing, being out in the sun, enjoying it, running off that energy and having a an outlet to do it. Do you see that anymore? Now we got kids sitting in front of video games. Now we have kids that are are are, are sediment by nature. You, you know, we've got obesity. We we've got terrible eating habits. We 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 don't. You know, when when I was a kid, dinner time, everybody sat around the table. You weren't on a phone. You weren't watching TV. You weren't on a computer. You were sitting at the table having a discussion with your mom and dad and brothers and sisters. How many people do that today? I mean, I see it all the time. My wife and I, we were downtown Dallas a couple years ago, and a couple comes into this restaurant. We're eating at this really nice Italian restaurant. I mean, she had come in. It was right before I had moved her down here because I was down here on the blaze and I was living down here. She was living up in Indiana and she came to visit me for eight or nine days. And we stayed downtown in an Airbnb, made it a little getaway, you know, but we went downtown Dallas to this really nice Italian restaurant. And in walks this young couple with, with two younger kids and they set a couple tables over from us. And the whole damn time, these two kids who can't be 
uh, three and four tops. They've got tablets in their face. The in the entire time, my wife and I were there probably an hour, ate dinner, and the entire time, those children had these tablets in their face. They weren't talking to mom and dad. They weren't interacting with them. There was no family time. It was mom and dad sitting there with, with the kids and the tablets in their face. And you watch this all the time, all the kids that watch YouTube, all this crap that they do, none of them are getting outside. None of them can communicate. None of them are down at the churchyard playing with the boys and girls. None of them are doing that. So, of course, if you look at society, there's no communication. There's no interaction. I mean, my daughter, perfect example. My daughter, I'll call her on her phone. Won't answer. Go straight to voicemail. Five seconds later, I will get a text. What you want, Dad? Um, I wanted you to pick up the phone so you and I could have a conversation about what is going on in your life. Well, Dad, if I pick up the phone, I'm texting Mary, Joe, Sally, Jenny, Johnny, and, and Bobby. How can I talk to them if I'm talking to you? You can't. I want your full attention. I want you to talk to me. I want to have a valid I want to have a valid conversation with you. I want to ask about what's going on in your life. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how you're feeling. I want to know about you. What's going on in your world? What's happening? Tell dad what is happening in your life because I care. Oh, dad, dad, I'm busy. You know, I, I got all these other people I'm texting and talking to and Snapchatting and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, I was talking about this at the Amp Fest. And boy, I tell you, I've done this whole, I, I did not believe, I'm going to tell you right now. I did not think this whole podcast would be predicated on this one article, but here we are. And it, 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 it's a good article because I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're running into a time where we're, we're coming into an era uh, of people that are having a hard time to cope. They're having a hard times coping. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to cope. They don't know what's going on in their life. You know, major depression diagnosis surged by 44%. Increasingly, employees, about 86%, want their company to prioritize mental health. Should your company be in charge of your mental health? Seriously. This is another thing that drives me completely up a wall. You take a job working for XYZ company, and they want you to be, let's say, an actuary. So you get to sit around, look at numbers, do all this stuff all day long. Um, your job is to do a specific task for that company, right? Your job is to go in and you do that job, and then the company pays you for your efforts, for your time. It's really I've talked about this so many times. I don't know how else I could say it. You are paid for your time, and you only get so much time. You know, that's that's the only. There's only two things that are a guarantee in life: death and taxes. Your time is the most valuable commodity that you have, and these employers pay you for your time for a certain task. Should these employers also be worried about your mental health, or is that you? See, we're, we're, we're moving away from self-responsibility. You're in charge of your mental health. Your company's not in charge of your mental health. Your company's not in charge uh, of your outlook on life. Your company's not in charge of your attitude. Your company's not even in charge of how hard you work. You are. You are. Some self-responsibility. Now, this article says, despite that, and the fact that mental health conditions result in 16.8 billion loss in employee productivity, the report found that companies are still not doing enough to break down the stigma. It's not the company's job. It's not. That is what's wrong with society today. It is your responsibility to fix your dumb ass, not theirs. 
They have a job for you to do. You have to do it. They pay you for it. They give you benefits for it. And then you trade your time for money. It is not your employer's responsibility to fix your dumb ass. That's what's wrong with this article today. That's what's wrong. The report found that companies are still not doing enough to break down the stigma, resulting in a lack of identification in workers who may have a mental health condition. Up to 80% of individuals will manage a mental health condition at one point in their life, according to studies. You manage it every damn day! You manage your mental health every damn day, and every day you figure out if you're offended or not. Every day. I talked about that at Amp Fest. Everybody's so damn offended by every damn thing. It's crazy. You, it's, it's stupid. And that's what leads to this mental health crap is you get offended too easily. Buck up. Grow a pair. Get some steel in your spine. Life sucks. It isn't fair. And you're going to find that out really damn quick. God. All right. I've come... I've completely burned this whole entire podcast on a little bit of Matlock ranting on mental health. But, you know, I I honestly hope you got something out of it. I really do. I did not. I'll tell you, I did not even figure on doing this long. But it's it's something to look at. It really is. And, you know, it saddens me. It saddens me that we're at a place in this society where we've coddled these kids. And and I'll tell you, I've coddled my kids. I'm one of the offenders here. We have coddled our kids to the point where now they're becoming un- unproductive citizens. They can't cope. They don't know how. They don't know how to deal with adversity. They don't know. They don't have the skills to overcome rejection. Instead, they instantly do what? Oh, my God. Oh, it's my fault. Oh, oh. I mean, I'm a 45-year-old man. The number of t- I'm a salesman. I've been a salesman for 20-plus years. You know how many times I've been told no? Now, many times I've been yelled at, told I'm stupid, dumb, F you, get out of here. I mean, there, there's too many to count. But every single one of those experiences led me to who I am today, led me to the, the driven person that I am today, led me to the person, the confidence. I mean, I have the utmost confidence in my skills of what I do as a radio person, as a TV person, as a salesman. I know exactly what I need to do, how to do it. And then I go out and I do it and I execute it. It isn't anybody else's fault other than mine if it does not work. And, And it's so sad to me that we're watching these young kids. See, you can't spank your kids anymore. You know, they'll call child protective services. They got those phones in their hands. Dad, if you touch me, boy, if you spank me, I'm calling CPS. Your kids are saying that. We, we have literally, and I hate to say this, and mom and dad's out there, I hope you're listening. I mean, I'm not the greatest parent. Look, I, I made mistakes. I'm human. But you got to teach your kids right and wrong. They're out there. And don't get me wrong, they're out there. There are good kids out there like that 22, 23-year-old kid that I met in the bar Saturday night who, who is a millennial who believes he can do it on his own. They're out there. You, you got to guide your kids. We got to get back to good old-fashioned family priorities and values and do that stuff. And until we do, we're going to see garbage like this. All right, guys, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com. Use Lock25. I, I, I know it's not flip-flop weather. I haven't said Combat in a while. But, uh, yeah, they're one of my sponsors, CombatFlipFlops.com. Use Lock25. You'll save 25% off everything. Not just the flip-flops, but the merchandise and everything else. All right, guys, that's it for today. I mean, it's crazy, but the show is over. Now, join me. I'm on uh, 95.3 MNC this afternoon. I mean, you're going to have to find me there, filling in for Casey Hendrickson. Uh, Lock and load at noon. 
which you probably already watched. But uh, go tell someone. Go share me at Real Matt Lock on all my social media. Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, The Cartel Matt on Facebook, and of course, America's Voice News. Go download the app on your iOS or your Android phone. All right, guys, that's it for today. That's all I got. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, give me your comments at Real Matt Lock on Twitter. Love to hear what you think. Um, was I too harsh? Was I on? Was I, was I on cue? Let me know. All right, guys, for today, the Matt Lock Show. It's out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.